morning, Jackson, Mississippi, and all surrounding areas. You've tuned in to the Free Range Human Show of Choice, your daily dose of reality radio. This is the Clay Edwards Show. I am, of course, Clay Edwards. We are live in the Mack Hike Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Flowood Studios here at the lovely Cotton Exchange Plaza out in Flora, Mississippi. Thank you all for tuning in this morning. I do appreciate it. I know it's early. I know you're getting into the holiday spirit out there. I made the uh, fatal mistake of stopping by the grocery store in downtown Brandon yesterday after the show thinking, oh, man, I can get in here about 10 o'clock. It ain't going to be so bad. Boy, was I wrong. Boy, was I wrong. I know everybody's out doing their last minute Christmas shopping. Stay safe. I like gift cards if you're thinking of me this year. Or just cash, my cash app. I will send it to you. <laughs> I kid. Not really. Not really. I'm not kidding. Um, hey, before we get into it, we got a great guest this morning. Y'all guys are going to love it. We got Sandy Middleton with the Center for Violence Prevention. You know, we were talking about domestic violence and women's shelters and all of that stuff the other day. Well, we are putting our money where our mouth is, so to say, and we have got uh, Miss Sandy in the studio with us. We're going to discuss that. Also, tonight, don't forget. I've got my first, I guess it's not called the first annual. You can't have a first annual. You have to have an inaugural. I was told yesterday that I'm using the word annual wrong. So we're having our inaugural Clay Edwards show, Save Jackson Christmas Party tonight, 6 p.m. till 10, maybe, at Burgers and Blues or Burgers Blues Barbecue, whatever they're calling it, in downtown Brandon, right there on Highway 80 or Government Street, whatever. And uh, we've got Chad Wesley. And Jason Turner playing live. That's going to be great. It's no cover charge. That means free to get in. But uh, you will have to buy your food and drinks or any of that stuff. But I'll be out there. I know we got a, a an assortment of characters that are going to be there. You guys are going to love it. Look forward to meeting everybody. And uh, that is tonight. I will remind you all again before we get off here today. We've got a one-hour show this morning, so let's jump into it. Miss Sandy, thank you so much for getting up and coming out here. Good morning. It's my pleasure to be here. It's my pleasure to have you. Um, So I want to... I want to make sure I say thank you to Sean McDaniels for getting us in touch with each other. Yes, uh, Capitol Police's very own, and uh, down there doing the Lord's work, saving Jackson, yep. literally. So, well, look, we were talking the other day on the show. <clears throat> One of our callers called in, and I briefed you a little off air, and we just kind of went down this rabbit hole about domestic violence and lack of women's shelters, or what feels like a lack of women's shelters. Right. And it got, came to my attention five, six years ago, maybe a little longer now, but I had a friend who was being abused mm-hmm. badly, and she just had a child with somebody. She didn't have family. She didn't have anywhere to go. Mm-hmm. And I remember her telling me she had gone to a women's shelter. So maybe I'll re- go back a little further. By the time I became friends with her, she was a little removed from this, but she had gone through this about a, a year earlier. Right. And we ended up helping her at the dealership I was working at at the time. We helped her raise a bunch of donations to make like happy bags for the girls that were in the women's shelters. Yeah, you know, just with just your stuff you need, what socks, underwear, right. uh, toiletries, stuff of that nature. So it always stuck in the back of my mind about remember, remembering what she told me about lack of places for these people. But this is where you guys kind of step in, right? Y'all run, how many shelters have y'all got in place? Just kind of tell people what's going on here. Well, the the center is located in out in Rankin County and we actually operate two shelters. One is for domestic violence and sexual assault and the other is for human trafficking. And but I have we have sister shelters all over the state. I think they're a total right now of 12. And you know, so we don't have an incredible 
bed space for victims and uh, you know typically they're emergency shelters and some of the shelters have transitional housing programs which is very helpful for people who need a little extra time to get on their feet but I mean we certainly don't have what we would like to have when you're you know when you're talking about availability for safe housing and safe shelter for victims. Um, How many beds do you think there are? Oh, wow. Well, we have 20 in our emergency shelter for domestic violence. And, I mean, there's there's one on the coast that I think has like 40 beds. And, um, gosh, I don't know. I would guess probably 300 maybe. That's just a guess. It seems like you could use that just here locally. Right. And then, you know, for human trafficking, we have the only long-term shelter and program for human trafficking victims. And, you know, we've got 12 beds. So it's, yeah, we really have to use uh, our partners. A collaborative effort is, you know, is really necessary when you're talking about providing the care and the support that victims need. And so we have a lot of partners that, you know, that we work with in the community to provide different things because, you know, when a, when a victim presents, they may just need legal help. Like, you know, we have legal, legal uh, support and attorney that, you know, helps with divorce, child custody, all of the sticky issues when it comes to domestic violence. And, you know, and then they just may need therapy. I mean, they may have had a, a one brutal attack and, and just may need therapy to process all of that and, you know, kind of work through that. And, and of course, some victims have lived in, in domestic violence for their lifetime. I mean, you know, some of the saddest cases I've seen are, you know, women who were 60 years old who have just finally had enough. I mean, they've, they've raised their kids and you know, lived their lives in domestic violence. And, you know, so they finally just decide they've they've had enough. And it's it's just tough to end a relationship with somebody who, you know, you think loves you, but also is violent with you or abusive to you. It's it's just an, an emotional thing that has to be untangled both legally and emotionally. That that has to be a lot, and I have not thought about the long term because at my at my age, we're starting to approach that. I'm in my mid forties now, and the older I get, the longer you see somebody who stayed with somebody a long time and in a very violent domestic uh, violence type situation. I was talking to somebody the other day, you know, who was married for <clears throat> or with somebody a total of about twenty years, and like the last ten were just pure hell, right? And it's like but you're tied in with kids and all this like where do i go what do i do and it's a it's a nightmare that a lot of people don't know where to begin right and and you know it was just uh, two or three years ago i can't remember exactly which year but but we were able to convince the the mississippi legislature to give us some room on domestic violence for a cause for divorce because you know you had to prove cruel and inhumane treatment before we were able to, you know, introduce domestic violence for a, a cause for divorce. So, I mean, it's it, in a lot of domestic violence cases, you don't have what meets the definition of cruel and inhumane treatment. I mean, you know, it's sometimes it's things like, um, you know, I, one case comes to mind where uh, a woman was with her boyfriend for, you know, a couple of years and he was so 
psychologically abusive. He would make her sleep on the couch. He'd let her go to sleep because she had a real hard job. He'd let her go to sleep on the couch, and then he would come in in the middle of the night and pour cold water on her from top to bottom and turn the lights on and leave. And, I mean, this went on and on and on. Psychological abuse. Yeah, it's psychological abuse. And, and, you know, people think, well, that's not domestic violence. but Yes, it is. It absolutely is. And, and, you know, so it it can look different ways. And, and, you know, people have the, the idea that domestic violence is that picture of that woman with the black eye. And, you know, we don't necessarily see that many black eyes. We do see a lot of strangulation. Which you know is is really, I mean that's that's a close up face to face threat to kill the person that you allegedly love and are in a you know in an intimate relationship with. So that's that's a really hard and creepy thing too. That and it also proves a, a potential for lethality. I mean when you strangle somebody. You try to kill them. I mean, they die. You know, when you strangle somebody, they could potentially die. There's only one end to that game, right? You know, I mean, you're not you're not strangling somebody to teach them a lesson, right? You know, I mean, you're strangling them to cut the circulation off and to 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 not be able to breathe. You know, going back to the psychological abuse and the emotional abuse that that's got to be a huge part of this that a lot of people. They don't see, or maybe they don't take it serious because it's not the black eye, right? Because and it's usually a kind of a cascading snowball effect of it starts with something little, then it rolls and rolls and rolls. Next thing you know, you're sleeping on the couch, having cold water poured on you, like like you're in a North Korean uh, POW camp. Exactly, that's what comes to mind. I mean, you know, that's what we do. You know, that's what we've seen done to our military people who were in prison. Is just that that really deep psychological torture i mean it's 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 really more than abuse it's torture and but but it leaves no marks you know uh, oh oh, but it does right it's only internally that and psychologically that you know but there are no physical marks from that kind of abuse and and it's the internal ones that can never heal the potential to never heal like like physical scars i was in a very um i told you off air a little bit I, i <clears throat> not not my not my most recent relationship, but back in the mid two thousands, I was in a terrible terrible relationship with somebody. It was just a lot of that. It was just psychological hell. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure I gave my fair share of it, but she went to jail twice for domestic violence during during that time. Yeah. And, and again, I don't want to sit here and pretend like I was some victim of domestic violence, but the way the police saw it, I was. And you know, but so you see it from both sides too, and uh, right. not only the female side. You, you see it from the male, the male side a lot of time too. You know, with with toxic females, so that exists too. Oh, and, absolutely, yeah. And and people ask all the time, well, what about men? What about? And I'm like, well, we serve men too because men are absolutely, uh, you know, it's possible for them to be domestic violence victims. So, and they, you know, uh, you know, talking about a lot of cases that come to mind as we've sat here and talked about this, but um, we had a, a male law enforcement officer who was, I mean, he was being terribly abused. And she held the job over his head, you know, I'm, I'm going to report you, you're going to lose your job, you can't, you can't carry a gun, all this stuff. You know, it just threatened to wreck his life basically every day. And, um, it, so it it absolutely does happen, and it and it's just as devastating to men as it is to women. Sure, from you know from the male perspective, and 
and haven't been in bad relationships. I could tell you that that is something that it's always in the back of your mind when you're with somebody and you could tell maybe they have an alcohol problem or prescription medication abuse problem or both, and, you know, and, and it becomes this, this feeling that any confrontation, if I argue at all, it's, it could turn into a, a violent situation. Right. And then next thing you know, she's a hundred pounds. I'm 300 pounds. Nothing good comes out of that. Right. You know, even if she slams herself against the wall and trust me, I've seen it happen. Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh no, look at what you did to me. You know, and I'm going to tell people you did this to me. It's, it's, and who's going to, who are they going to believe when they get there? It, it's, it's a bad situation all around. And I'm, I'm glad that you guys are doing what you're doing to try to get people. And hopefully one person hears this today that's in a bad situation and can reach out. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a break real quick. When we come back, you got your report. You sent over to me. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that. And guys, look, if y'all have any questions for uh, Sandy Middleton, I would love to hear from you all this morning. The phone line is 601-879-0002. Just be respectful is all I ask. You can ask anything you like. The Guns and Gear text line, 769-241-1944. This is the Clay Edwards Show. We'll be right back in the Mac Hike of Flowood Studios. Breaking rules when necessary. Y'all know that's what we do around here. Still don't know exactly what that means, but that's what we do. This is the Clay Edwards Show. We are live in the Mack Hike Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Fluid Studios. This segment is going to be brought to you by Acme Pizza and Daiquiris. Open daily, 4 p.m. right there at Fan and Mart on the Res. They got their Will of Flavor. That is three, up to three of their specialty pizzas piled onto one pie. And maybe you just want two specialty pizzas piled on it. It's yours. Build it however you like. I went the other night and got the Will of Flavor, got the Buffalo, the Supreme, and the Pig, Pig, Pig piled on it. The Pig, Pig, Pig was the main event. The others were not bad at all. I could have eaten a whole pizza of them, too. But uh, I will be getting the Pig, Pig, Pig again. I recommend you doing the same thing. They're open daily at 4 p.m. right there at Fan and Mart on the Res. And, of course, they were available on all major food delivery apps, including Take a Break Deliveries, which I used last night for something. So good stuff. Check it out. Let them know you heard it on the Clay Edwards Show. All right, I'm joined here in the Mack Hike of Fluid Studios by Miss Sandy Middleton with the Center for Violence Prevention. I had to read that to get all these yeah, centers and yeah. stuff right. <laughs> um, let's see. I told you we may have Derek call in. He has something that he wants to get off his chest. Okay. Uh, so let's take a call here real quick. Hey, Derek, thank you for staying on hold. You're on the air with Miss Sandy. Hey, I promise to be respectful with my question, Clay. I just want to get a disclaimer, okay? Oh, I know you will. Yeah. Uh, ma'am, my only problem with programs like yours is when a man is falsely accused of abuse, there's no type of system of checking, checks and balances, he, he, which he'll get put out of his home, have trouble going to his, to his job, leads to financial ruin, just like it did with um, the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard situation, and the woman gets away with, 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 with you know, impunity. Is my, and, and I wish there was a better system of checks and balances, because believe me, I've been on the front lines of real abuse. One of, one of the worst law enforcement cases I ever had back when I was younger, emancipated being a policeman, was a woman that was battered so bad, her cesarean uh, scar ruptured. Wow. You know, so I get, I get it. I really do. But there are a lot of innocent men that are harmed every day on baseless claims. And, and programs like United Way, which I do not support anymore, go out of their way to destroy that man financially. And he was innocent the whole time. Um, is there a better way of a system of checks and balances? And are they going to start holding these people that, that abuse the system accountable? 
Well, I mean, that's a that's a real big question, and there's a lot we could delve into with that. But, um, you know, I, I think we have to rely on a well-trained and educated system in order to work through these cases. And, you know, I mean, I'm sorry for, you know, cases where men are falsely accused or where uh, women are falsely accused. And, you know, certainly we see people who try to manipulate the, the criminal justice system. Um, I do think that, you know, we've we've put a lot of effort and money behind training law enforcement. And I think we're seeing a real improvement and a real difference in how law enforcement in general is handling domestic violence. I, I will have to say that, you know, I agree with you from the standpoint of we, we've still got some serious work to do in our courtrooms. Um, you know, we've we've got we've got judges and prosecutors who don't really understand domestic violence and and so they really just want it to you know they really just want it to go away and and you know so they things get dismissed and and then you know police have to go back in these in these incidents and and put their lives at risk and so you know i, I can i can agree with you from the standpoint of it's a very complex issue and it definitely can ruin people's lives and and that's just one more quick question. Um, have you seen cases where, say, the woman is on some type of um, psych meds for, like, anxiety and depression, and we all know what, you know, what not taking those medicines properly can, can cause a per- on a person's, you know, behavior? Yeah. Um, are those things ever taken into, con- into consideration, too? Well, you know, and again, I, I, I'm not going to answer for the criminal justice system because I, gotcha. I don't have the power to do that. I mean, you know, all we do is just try to use our influence when, you know, we're working with our clients. And, you know, but I think that domestic violence is based in power and control. And I think that, you know, people make a decision to behave a certain way. And, and I, I personally believe in accountability. Everybody has to be accountable. And, and you know, that gets used a lot of times where people say, well, you know, he, he, he's got this mental disorder or that mental disorder. And so that person just gets to be an abuser because, you know, they wear this tag of, of some kind of mental health diagnosis. And I just, I don't believe that that's the right thing to do. I mean, I believe that you, everybody has to be accountable for their choices and their actions. And, and, you know, and just to repeat again that, I mean, I, I'm with you from the standpoint of this being a very, very difficult and complex issue to sort out. And that's why it's important for everybody who's in the mix to be well-trained and to really understand the issue. Yep. Derek, thank you, brother. Thank you. Uh, and I, I think just to clear up to there, the side of this you're on is more so the front line of getting the victim right. immediate assistance that's clearly not pretending to have been in a domestic situation. That That's probably more on the law enforcement front line right. thing there. Somebody maybe lying or whatever the case may be. Uh, we got another call here. Okay. Hey, caller, you're on there. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Um, I, I was a victim of psychological abuse for years in my marriage and uh, offered my ex uh, no fault divorce uh, everything I could possibly do uh, but that was not acceptable and uh, ultimately was sandbagged 
by her having a ex parte hearing, uh, which, you know, I, I did not know anything about and was not allowed to be there. I was put out of my home. Uh, however, ultimately, I am a happily divorced man 20-odd years later. But I do not I do not go along with the ex parte hearing where one person with no history of any type uh, of violence or abuse uh, can be uh, railroaded like that with no representation. Yeah, I mean, the standard for and you're talking about an ex parte protection order and the standard for that is that a victim has to prove they are in fear of imminent harm or danger. And so again, it, it you know it kind of goes back to the court system and and how you know how they apply that rule. And so you know we um, we use protection orders when we believe that um, a, a victim, whether it's male or female, when their lives are in danger, and that's a, a, a really good tool that um, has protected a lot of women and children and you know, provided some time for uh, people to gather their belongings and, and relocate and that sort of thing. So, um, but I'm sorry for that, and we certainly will be happy to offer you therapy or whatever we can do to support you in your recovery. Hey, brother, th- thank you for the call this morning. We appreciate yes, it. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, a lot like, I'm going to make a strange comparison here. <laughs> okay. You know, a, a lot like a gun can save lives it can also end innocent lives yeah you know people are going to take advantage of of programs and whatnot in place and while that program can help save some people's life there's going to be people that abuse it too unfortunately as with anything in life you know if you if if you abuse it it's going to have negative side effects that's right so all right look let's take a break real quick this is the clay edwards show i'm joined in, in studio this morning by sandy middleton she's the executive director of the center for violence prevention. we got a couple of things that we want to discuss this morning. I want to discuss uh, law enforcement training, and I want to discuss, uh, you know, the criminal justice side of things where uh, maybe it's a bit of a good old boys network kind yeah. of deal, and uh, I think that's really important to get out there too. This is the Clay Edwards Show. We'll be right back live in the Mac Hike of Flowood Studios. Breaking rules when necessary. Welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show. Hey, real quick, you may be asking yourself, what am I going to eat for lunch today? I know you ain't cooking lunch. You're out there doing your last-minute Christmas shopping. You may be shopping for lunch, for uh, for Christmas lunch, but you ain't cooking it today. I was in the grocery store yesterday. I know. Hey, look, if you're in the Madison County area out near 463 and Highway 22, the town of Livingston, uh, the store, the restaurant, the gathering, yeah. the gathering out at the town of Livingston. Guys, it's Wednesday. It's a world-famous fried pork chop day. Need I say more? Need I say more? Fried pork chop, plate lunch at the gathering out there at the town of Livingston. Hey, also, you can do a little bit of a last-minute stocking, stuffing, Christmas shopping. Is that a word? Absolutely. It's a great place, Stocking, too. stuffing, Christmas shopping. Right. If you buy a $100 gift card, you're getting a $25 one back for yourself or or, or an extra gift card. Maybe you have a kid you love more than the other kid. Give one the $100 <laughs> one. Give one the $25 one. My sister has experienced that. I'm the, my mother loves me the most, so I would get the $100 one. My sister would get the $25 one. At least that's what she would have you believe. And uh, you can make all those uh, Christmas dreams and plate lunch dreams come true today out there at the gathering at the town of Livingston. Fried Pork Chop Wednesday. Make it happen, guys. Make it happen. All right. 
I am joined in the studio this morning by Miss Sandy Middleton with the Center for Violence Prevention. And uh, man, we're getting a lot of texts and a lot of uh, messages yeah. from people. Uh, they're liking, they're enjoying hearing both sides of it. Good. And uh, <clears throat> that that abuse does happen to the male. Also, may may not be the physical side, but the mental and psychological abuse and all of that. And I, so a couple of things I wanted to hit that we talked about is um the law enforcement training right? and it's really stepped up for them to analyze kind of what's going on on the scene right. and be able to make a, a better judgment call. Hugely important. Yes. And so, I mean, we've got partnerships with so many great law enforcement agencies across the state that we work with all the time. And, you know, for a long time, the attitude of law enforcement was, you know, they'd go to a domestic violence scene and they'd be like, well, I'm arresting you both and we'll let the judge figure it out. Well, the judge can't figure it. He doesn't have the information that a, a responding law enforcement officer has on the scene. And, you know, so there's been so much great work. And, and I feel like we've raised up a, like a new generation of uh, investigators and law enforcement where they really get it. And, can I, and I want to say something real quick. That is also, I mean, I, I've, I've, every every officer's told me this. That's also the call they hate to go on the most, and that's oh, yeah. where, I mean, we lost two in Bay St. Louis the over dangerous. the weekend. You know, there was a and the word domestic. People always assume that just means man versus woman, and that's pretty much just anything in home. It could be, right. a, it could, you know, it could be child abuse too. That is domestic violence as well. A parent beating a child, stuff of that nature. I'm getting a little down a rabbit hole here, but but the, yeah, this the training for those domestic violence calls has got to be so important on for every aspect. It is. And like I said, they're, they're first responders. And then a lot of times, you know, it's not necessarily just investigators, but it's also patrol. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so for a long time, we didn't, we didn't train patrol about, you know, domestic violence incidents. And, and we know that they're the most dangerous for law enforcement. And then we also know that domestic violence incidents, they always get worse. They always get more violent. And then on the flip side, if, if our law enforcement personnel aren't trained appropriately, they become more relaxed every time they go to that to that same location because they think, oh, it's Johnny and Annie fighting again, you know, and I've been here a thousand times. What and, a great point. And if they don't understand that the, the violence is going to get worse and their attitude is not what it should be to know that every time they go up those stairs – their lives are in more danger because they're interfering with the abuser demonstrating power and control over their intimate partner. So, you know, that's why, you know, it's the da- most dangerous cause well, for then law you, enforcement. Then, then you see, in, on the flip side of that, is the abused defends the abuser when they're taking them to jail. And yeah. so, sometimes they'll attack the law enforcement. Absolutely, yeah. It, And, 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 you know, of course, now, again, now we know that most good, you know, well-trained law enforcement jurisdictions, they send two, you know, two cars. If if it's a domestic, then they know that we're not sending one person in this mess because somebody's got to pull the the victim aside. Try to get them separated. Right, separate them because, you know, the offender is going to be giving threatening looks. We see it happening in courts all the time where there's that glare, there's that look. You remember how your mom used to look at you from the choir loft when you were talking in church? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, those looks mean a lot in an intimate relationship. It's, you know, it can be very threatening and very coercive. So, you know, all of that comes into play. And then we talked a little bit earlier, you and I did uh, before this, about 
the lethality assessment protocol that we're implementing and uh, how powerful it is for all parties involved to be able to own the scene, ask some questions and identify and this is an evidence-based tool that we're that we're using but uh, you know these questions can identify the likely lethality of an offender and so that helps keep everybody safe it's also a document that we can use in court you know DAs what prosecutors city prosecutors whatever can use in court to say you know here's where he scored out on all of the lethality assessment questions, we believe this offender is particularly dangerous, not only to the victim or other people in the home, but to law enforcement and also to society. I mean, how many um, third-party people have been wounded and killed who got in the middle of a domestic violence incident? So, it, you know, all of that is is huge when, you know, when you're talking about law enforcement responding to the scene and understanding what's going on and, you know, understanding why victims act like they do and, and you know, and then and then the court thing, you know, we, we just got to figure out how to move forward with these cases if, if a victim is afraid to, you know, to get on the stand and say, my you know, my husband did this, 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 and this. I mean, we got to figure out how to still hold those offenders accountable. Yeah, well, I'm guessing, you know, from the female victim standpoint, obviously I've never been on that side of it. But if you got kids, you're wondering, especially if you're, you know, if you're a stay-at-home mom, you're like, how are the bills going to get paid? How are the kids, you know, you don't, right, where are we going to live? Where what? are we going to live? What are we going to do with the kids, the kids to school? I mean, you try to you try to do it where it interrupts their lives as little as possible. But if mama gets killed. Or daddy goes to jail, yep. you know, or both, you know, then then what? I mean, so it's like short-term loss, long-term gain, trying to make people realize, right. hit the eject button, you know, why you still can. Well, and talking about law enforcement, too, you know, that's one of the most powerful things that a victim can experience is for that, that responding law enforcement officer to say, you're a victim, you don't deserve this. I'm going to offer you some support, and then you know, with along with the lethality assessment, um, law enforcement can actually call the center and put that victim on the phone with us right then. And then through our partnerships, they can actually bring the victim to us. And so that whole system really is helpful for you know making something happen right then. Yeah, does that? <laughs> Does that get them brought to the, the super top secret domestic violence center in Rankin County? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's like, it. guys, I asked her about it. I asked about the super duper top secret place in Rankin <laughs> County, and she said it does not exist. But that is, of course, what somebody would say that was trying to keep the bat cave secret. Right? So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's hopefully confidential our location for safety of, of victims. But absolutely, we, and, I, and I and I kid because they all do a great job at it. Oh, you know, you. so let, let's take a call. We've got Miss Sylvia on the line here hey sylvia good, you're good on the morning air. everyone good morning you answered you asked part of what i wanted to ask about you talked about clay i wanted to know okay once a the female or the male is out of the relationship leaves the home right what happens to the children what usually do they come with their children to the shelter or what happens to the kids Yes. Because I'm sure people stay together because of children are afraid, like um, Clay was saying, 
how am I going to make ends meet, that type of thing. What usually happens to the children? Yes, That's what my question is. The children come with the victim um, most of the time because, you know, especially if law enforcement's involved and somebody goes to jail, the offender goes to jail, then, um, you know, and, that, and that's another great thing that we have is that, you know, with that connection that we have with law enforcement, we know what's going to happen, like when the offender's going to be turned loose or, you know, so a lot of times we'll see a victim stay in the home with a child, with their children until that, you know, that offender is released. And at that point they know, okay, I've got to make a decision. I'm either going to stay here, I'm going to go into shelter, I'm going to do something different. So, yes, the children are hugely I mean, they're hey, they're our babies. We got to take care of them, right? So, so, so separating the children the from their parents and how long do you get to resort. stay in the shelter? Well, we have a thirty-day emergency shelter, but we also have um, transitional housing where you know people can get on their feet, and and then we also have a, you know very competent attorneys who can get these things in front of a judge to be able to get emergency custody for children, which is also important because it you know it keeps. It, it eliminates that manipulation of the chancery court system, and, you know, we find that to be very helpful, too. All right, Ms. Totally Sylvia, awesome. thank you. Thank you. Um, I got a text here, to kind of to that point, on the Guns and Gear text line, 769-241-1944, if you all want to chime in. Uh, this is from Roger. It says, a lot of people try to live by the stay together for the kids lifestyle, but in all reality, you could be doing more damage to your kids by ke- keeping them in a toxic relationship. And, Absolutely. Fact. I mean, yeah. No, no doubt about, again, I, I use a phrase a lot in my life called short-term loss for long-term gain, yeah. short-term discomfort for long-term comfort, whether it's getting out of a bad relationship, changing jobs, starting working out, whatever it is. A That's diet, very profound anything. and it's very true, but yes, it's, you know what we know is that if if um, children are kept in a in an abusive home, then you know they be- they grow up to think that this is the way it's supposed to be, and so the cycle of interge- intergenerational violence continues. And so at some point, and we see that with sexual assault too. We see it with incest. We see it with you know sex crimes and, and whatnot in the homes. But you know it's somebody's got to be brave enough and have enough courage to step up and say this stops here. All right. Let's uh let's stop on that point. Go to a break real quick. When we come back, I got a few questions I want to land the plane with. I know a lot of people are asking about how to get counseling, how to get help. We get all your contact information and everything out there. As soon as we come back, this is the Clay Edwards Show. We are live in the Mac Hike of Flowood Studios on one zero three nine W Y A. Breaking rules when necessary. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. Hey, real quick, if you guys are out doing some last-minute car shopping, come see me out at Ellis Autoplex right there on Highway 471 in Brandon. You can shop us online at ellisautoplex.com. And, hey, look, if you're looking to sell your vehicle, we buy them, too. We'll cut you a check on the spot for fair market value. So get out there and see me. we got a ton of used Ford trucks in particular right now. Um Price ranges vary, but uh, some really, really nice trucks. They've all been been through the shop, good to go. Uh, I think they will make a great last-minute gift for you or the loved one in your life. EllisAutoplex.com, Rankin County's hometown dealership. All right, we're joined here live in the Mack Hike of Flowood Studios by Miss Sandy Middleton. She's the executive director for the Center for Violence Prevention. Uh, Sandy, I've had a couple of texts, people asking about, 
the male from the male perspective about the counseling stuff. Mm-hmm. How how can they reach out? What are the availabilities of that? If we've got a female this or anybody that feels like they they got to get out of a situation, it's time to hit the eject button. How do people get in touch with you guys? They can call our crisis line, which is nine three two four one nine eight. Um, we also are very we're out there in a big way in social media. I mean, we have people that you know reach out to us on Facebook and all the different social media platforms. So we're we're really easy to you know to contact. Uh, it's mscvp.org is our website and our all of our handles is it's msc the number four vp. So. Um, it's, yeah, hashtag MSC, the number four VP. So what happens is, you know, once they make contact with us, and, and we answer our crisis line all the time, 24-7, Christmas Day, New Year's, whatever, we've got trained professional staff answering that phone. And, that's you know, that's the first step is reaching out for help. And so then they'll do, you know, kind of an informational call. We'll just get some background. Kind of an assessment. Right. Just, a, you know, kind of an informal assessment and get some information from you. And then we'll determine at that point, you know, which which path we, we want to put you on or we think, you know, you want to go down. And it may be uh, some of our groups. It may be individual therapy, which we have licensed therapists there on, on site, on staff. And so, you know, we'll help you figure out what you need and, and we'll help you recover. So we'd be happy to take your calls. That's, that is good stuff. Sandy, I appreciate you. Um, So you hear a lot about uh, – Got about two minutes left here. You're a lot about like marriage counseling and stuff. Do you see that type once a situation has reached that level of violence and stuff? Do you ever see counseling work things out between people like this, or is it really just best to get people separated and could once once an abuser always an abuser? Well, you know, we run a domestic violence um, intervention program where we help offenders stop being offenders and it's it's an evidence-based program that really works but you know it's just like everybody people want to have to want to change to change so you know you can put them in the best intervention program in the world and and if they don't want to do something different they're not going to but but we are absolutely opposed to marriage counseling because it's just another platform for an offender to demonstrate power and control blame everything on the victim we just never see counseling, marriage counseling, church counseling, and all of that work. It just always re-victimizes the victim. Thank you. I wanted to hear somebody else say that because I I am not a fan of it. I do not believe it works. And if you've reached the point of needing counseling, something's wrong. Something broke along the way. I'm not saying that you might not be able to save your marriage, but it ain't because of the counseling. That's right. You know, it's because love and God intervened and all night. It ain't because of the counseling. All right, guys. Sandy, thank you so much. Thank you. Tonight, Burgers and Blues, downtown Brandon. First inaugural Clay Edwards show Christmas party, 6 p.m. till 10 p.m. Chad Wesley, Jason Turner playing live, free to get in. Podcast will be available here shortly. Jim Thorne is up next. I will see y'all tomorrow morning right here, same time, same place, clayedwardshow.com. Thanks for listening. Tune in tomorrow at 7 a.m. as the Clay Edwards Show discusses all that is going on in and around the city of Jackson. This concludes our broadcast day. Right here on 103.9 WYAB.